I love you, honey bunny. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! And the old fucking pricks move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! The finale, the finale, the gripping finale, the gripping, the gripping prick finale. The season end. <clears throat> so yeah, we we try to work out the cliffhanger. Uh, turns out uh, Woody's the terrorist. Yep. And uh, it took, it's we've we've been trapped on the island the whole time. Yeah, and we and we're dead. Yes, I think that's. But fortunately that's, for the big black cloud, that's okay. Yeah, well, I think we're all. It all comes up. And did you watch that? Did you lose interest at some point in Lost? Well, or I never gained interest. Oh, okay. I was really interested about halfway through the first season, and then I went, oh, "This is fucking pants." Yeah, I I never watched any yeah. of it. Okay. But yeah, okay. so here we are. It's a little bit bittersweet. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, we can, yeah. we're going to come back, you know? Yeah, well, we'll be back. I mean, fuck, we'll, we'll be back. I mean, even Tupac fucking releases albums after he's dead. That, that's right. And so so eventually we'll be, we will be uh, holograms <laughs> yeah, at, some, at, uh, at Coachella or something. Until, until about uh, until earlier today, I didn't have much news. Oh, but then there was cool. a bunch of stuff that I remembered about and then searched out. So I've, oh, okay, oh, I've, that's uh, good. I've, I've made because I was thinking, wow, this is going to be like a twenty-five minute podcast. Well, to be honest, there's fuck all out there. Yeah, like it's, it's 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 a slow news week. Yeah. Things are winding down. Yeah, uh, but by all means, kick all it right. off, take it away. Chevy Chase has left Community. Done. So yeah, are we support. Can't can't say I really bothered. All that much by yeah. it. Um, I think Dan Harmon was the the big thing. I'm still well, curious Harman to see. Back now? I don't know. I think who knows. He's uh, he's got a new deal or a new something with Adult Swim. Okay. Making some new show over on uh, over there. But yeah, he's uh, Chevy Chase has left. I'm still curious to see what it's like as a show without. Without Harmon there, yeah, uh, it's been pushed back. It was meant to be out like the season was meant to have started airing by now, but oh, okay. it's pushed back. And I don't know. Uh, it's a shame. It's 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 almost ill fated. This thing. I mean, yeah. it may not, it may not ever get it back up off the ground properly, which is a shame because I mean, Danny Pudi and and Daniel uh, David Glover, mm. Daniel Glover, Donald, Donald. Mm. There you go. Happen to be well. This now makes my next statement redundant. Happen to be my favourite people on the. <laughs> I can't remember the cunt's name, but no. you know. Anyway, but yeah, no, I like it. In the More, yeah, like they've just got some, just some stunning, stunningly good stuff. And and his boobs. 
Oh, and his boobs are always good. But, you know, you can watch Mad Men. So, mm. you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? A bit of sad news. Larry Hagman. Yes. Big Laz. JR. Who shot JR? The throat cancer, apparently. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> that fucked him in the end? You which know, which is still the second highest rated... Um, Type of cancer. <laughs> yes. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the who shot? So the who shot JR? Sorry, so the who shot JR? Is yeah, yeah. still the second highest, second highest rated scripted television show yeah. after yeah. Um, after Farewell, Goodbye, Goodbye and, and Armageddon. Yeah, the, the finale of Mash. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty impressive. I mean, who shot? J- I mean, I remember that as a kid. Like yeah. Dallas was the was the one show that my parents and and we seemed to all watch like that for some reason. I mean, Dynasty. Sort of came and went, but yeah. Dallas was always there, you know? yeah. and and it had Man from Atlantis in it, Patrick Duffy. Yes. So that's, you know, I kept waiting for that motherfucker to you know sprout gills and jump in. <laughs> but of course, I dream of Jeannie being the the yes. ultimate man's fantasy of of that, you know. And, anyway, and <clears throat> what a way to ru- like, how do you have that and yeah. not? Yeah. Well, obviously he did. He would had to have, you know. But as they say. You know, every time you look at a beautiful woman, someone somewhere is tired of fucking her. I just can't imagine one that you could go, you know what? Fuck off back into the bottle. Yeah. Is, is the woman that you so would get gosh, tired of. Yes. 60s Barbara Eden. Hmm. And I, to I, be honest, I'd probably. I'd do it now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's still like, alive. Now. Now, yeah, <laughs> like right now. I'm. I'm like, I, yeah, she, she came down for Supernova mm, or something. Uh, okay. So she was, she, was, the, she, was in, she was in country. I mean, the listeners couldn't see me, but I folded my arms and nodded my head then, and still, you know, she didn't, she appear. didn't appear. Yeah. She'd be nodding her head. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but that's that's a shame. Like, but, hey, 80 odd the, years, so it's not like he, you know, tripped out early. No. Um, but the big question, mm. given the choice, Barbara Eden, Samantha from Bewitched. Ah, oh, Samantha from Bewitched, I think. No yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, and this sounds creepy, but I will preface this by saying, present day, Tabitha. Check it out. Erin Murphy, I think her name is, or Erin mm. whatever. Oh, holy snap and duck shit. Well, because yeah. she's got to be in her 40s now, doesn't she? Oh, yeah, possibly even 50s or something. Yeah. But I saw her on, um, I'm rather ashamed to say, Oprah at one point like a where are they now sort of thing and she just stood up in the crowd and everyone's like like who the fuck's this really really hot bitch and they went you can't tell who she is and then came back after the ad break and it was Tabitha and it kind of felt a bit Ugh. but then I realised that even when I was watching you still Witched, were, you still would have been yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Tabitha was grown enough to be it's okay it's like watching Hermione or Emma Watson in, in <laughs> Harry Potter you've <laughs> got to figure out how old she is and I think it works out that it's Half-Blood Prince from Half-Blood mm. Prince you're allowed to go what? Yeah, puberty you did it right yeah so, so the same thing is it wrong of me like when it came out back in in, in both of our youths mm. Jennifer Connelly and Labyrinth it's all I wanted as a kid oh absolutely is it still wrong if I jerk off to that now seeing as she was 15 in the movie was she 15 in the movie something like that I think it's wrong if you jerk off to the movie okay I think ask the listeners listeners <laughs> pricks at a couple of pricks dot com <laughs> Right in those and it, Natalie Portman in the professional probably a bit borderline. That's no, that's <laughs> that's just fucking wrong. Can we cut that out? <laughs> that's just wrong. I mean, Natalie Portman, Black Swan, of course. Mm. But uh, anyway, over to you. In some some casting casting news, Sir Ian McClellan. Yes. Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes. And allegedly 
Soon Potentially to future Sir Hugh yeah. Jackman Also appear in X-Men Days of Future Past Yep, so I'll just delete that off my notes Ah, sorry about that buddy. That's alright But yeah, that's, so I'm pretty excited about that they're, and they're apparently um, McKellen, uh, Sir McKellen and, and or Sir Ian and Sir Patrick have been romping around uh, London doing waiting for Godot or Godot or yeah. Godot or whatever his fucking name is who never arrives. Spoiler, never <laughs> arrives. So they've been having a ball and then they get the call, oh, do you want to come back and do X-Men? And they're like, yeah, why the fuck not? Yeah. I mean, he jumped at Gandalf again. Interesting to see how much money he gets, would get paid. I, I would expect a lot. Yeah. Anyway, good on him. Good on him. I like Ian McKellen. I like him in pretty much everything yes. I've ever seen him in. Um, so no, that's pretty cool. So I'll just, I guess I won't mention that now. Warner Brothers TV is developing an adaption of Wonder Woman. You're aware of this one? I was not. Called Amazon. And it's going to be oh, on Punchwatch. I, I did read about this. Yeah, our favourite network, Punchwatch. Punch yeah. So the CW for other people. Apparently, a casting director has been set, and they're now ready to, out there to try and find a young woman. So they're not, unfortunately, Megan Gale, who I think we've both oh, yeah. jerked off over plenty, and also believe should is the one and only Wonder Woman that, of the modern day. Um, they're going to do a Small-esque, Smallville-esque, Small-esque. Yeah. So Small-esque. It's going to be in Lilliput. It's a Small-esque, small fucking, <laughs> You're just Smallville-esque incarnation. And then she'll become a superpower female. So I reckon okay. that's kind of pretty cool. I, like, I think I mentioned about Arrow. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned that it's rating and it's doing well yeah. and all that stuff. I'm still sticking with it. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not hating on it. I mean, yep. I, I just I I just can't I just can't rave about it. Yeah. But I would say you know what you you watch it. You might like it, and I think if you like it, it's not going to be one of those ones where you should be embarrassed for liking yeah. it. Yeah. But if you don't like, like it, then Gossip Girl or Vampire yeah. Diaries. Or no, no, Vampire like Diaries that. is fine. I under, as I understand it, <laughs> the cool, all the cool your, kids, your your interpretation of yeah, it is I'm that I'm pretty uh, sure fine. the cool kids watch the Vampire okay. Diaries, so I, that's okay. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, Gossip Girl, fuck. Yeah. Unless it's to look at Blake Lively, in which case, and Leighton Meester. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that'd, that'd be that'd be a difficult choice. James Cameron, <clears throat> your favorite uh, your favorite director, New Zealand's latest resident, mentioned at the premiere of uh, The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey, uh, or an unexpected trilogy, as Empire <laughs> have labelled it, which I think is pretty funny. Telling anyone who'll listen that uh, he wants to finish both the Avatar the Avatar sequel scripts by February of next year, mm-hmm. to, uh, 2013, with production to commence in New Zealand by the end of the year. Cameron is very interested also, apparently, in the outcome of the higher frame rate screenings of The Hobbit mm-hmm. to see if he can move forward with plans of doing the same thing with Avatar. And previously, I, I discovered with a bit of digging, he had mentioned that he'd like to film movies at 60 frames per second. Yes. Now, it's my understanding that the human eye can only really get 24 frames a second. Is that right? Or um, was I let, given the bum steer? It's something around there. I, I did at some stage have a, a lot more information on this when I was sort of working on that side of the of the coin. The the eye can yeah, it needs to be about twenty frames a second. Yeah. I'm sorry, about ten frames a second for the human eye to picture it as movement. Right. And not just still frames. Like yeah. that's the, the, the cutoff where it becomes yeah. real. I can't recall why they initially settled on twenty four frames a second. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. But they did that and then they stuck with it mm. throughout you know, 
throughout throughout time. I think time. there's a, I think there's just a funny reason for that. On, on a, now that you know, what I mean, it's one yeah. of those stupid trivia questions. We'll know. We'll, we'll mm. look. We'll let the listeners know. That could be a cliffhanger. That could nice. be. It. We could just leave it as you know, and then they'll go away and use the internet, and we'll prove them wrong next year. Yeah. All right. I had heard that with with Cameron in the sixty. The sixty idea. I don't know where he's getting the the sixty from, but for what purpose? But I, I guess know. if you're going higher, like if you go, if you if you you've gone past twenty four, why does it need to be necessarily in multiples of that? It's Ooh, where, why, what's the exactly? And I didn't. I'm pretty sure Avatar had to spool because the three D he used spooled higher than twenty four frames a second. Anyway, yeah. I don't know if it was up to forty eight, but yeah. I think it did. I don't know. But anyway, I just thought it was fairly interesting. Yeah. A big thing that I don't have, but in Cameron-related stuff, while I don't necessarily always agree with some of Cameron's creative choices, you can't knock the man for what he's doing with technology. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has pioneered proper 3D, um, yeah. as, we, as we've, we've talked about before, as opposed to like post-edited things, mm. and has developed cameras, and yeah. is he is a pioneer of mm. that sort of thing. And, and if anyone's going to do 3D well, it's going to be him. He has filmed, and it's being released, I think, over Christmas or maybe early next year, uh, a Cirque du Soleil show in 3D. Fuck. That would be the shit. That I, the, the, I'm definitely seeing as, having, as much as I give yeah. James Cameron shit, that is going to be something that's yeah. going to be impressive having, to watch. Having seen a Cirque du Soleil show in person, in, in, in li- uh, like live, or if you will, they're a sensational show, and you can only imagine with someone with his vision... What he will do with the camera to make it make it just blow your mind because yeah. they are sensational. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. I'll check that out. You okay. love a uh, you love a good porn parody. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> I love a good porn. You love a good porn. Yeah. It's not. They're calling it an adaptation. Yeah. Not really a a parody. Universal is suing to stop a uh, Fifty Shades of Grey adaptation. Oh, okay. that's been been made. Apparently, it uses actual dialogue from the book and real scenes from the book and something. Oh, okay. I'm just disappointed that if they if they are using dialogue from Fifty Shades of Grey, I really feel that you know it's letting porn down. Absolutely, P- as, porn dialogue is going to take a sharp nosedive. As I understand it, yeah, absolutely. Uh, porn, porn dialogue, porn storylines have yeah. often been greater than this fucking tripe. Yeah, I've not been able to even bring myself out of idle curiosity to read it at all. No. I've just Jack Zero, and there's another one out, the different character, similar sort of thing that burned, bored to the cro- burned or so. I fucked if I care. I really just don't care. But apparently there's another yeah. one out that that all the women are going gaga over. But I, I must Mummy admit, porn. I for I want to carry in my back pocket a Playboy magazine, and the next woman that is I catch on a bus reading Fifty Shades of Grey I'm going to sit down next to her and start reading Playboy mm. as like if you're going to read your shit to get your rocks off you yeah. little, get your little juices moist get yourself moist I'm going to sit here and I'm going to check out this spread yeah fuck you so, anyway DC's Justice League movie yep there's talk that good friend of the show JGL will be appearing as Batman interesting now I I had thought that Army Hammer was going to be Batman in the yeah. in in this movie, I I until until I'm sitting in the theater, you won't believe it. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think 
a Justice League movie is necessary. They're trying so, to jump on the Avengers of course. bandwagon, which, you know, it's a fair bandwagon to jump on. Mm. But if JGL is in it, which I have no real issue with, he shouldn't be there as Batman. No. He should be there. I, well, Robin would be the sensible choice, yeah. but one of the Robin offshoots, like Nightwing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If he's got to be in it, put him in there. Because the way that movie ended, I don't think he was going to be Batman. No. No, well, no. Yes and no. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he... I think he would start out as Batman and find his own way. I think he would become... I mean, really, The Dark Knight Rises Again or whatever, or The Dark Knight Returns, yeah. whatever Nolan's fourth movie will be that we all hope he'll make that we know he won't, mm. will be the Robin trying to become Batman, fucking it up, and Christian Bale coming back as Batman, and then we push him out into mm. Nightwing. And that's how we work yeah. there. And that's, they'll fight the Penguin or the Riddler or something along those lines. Yeah. Something will push... I mean, again, this is the, the, the script I'm writing yeah. is that JGL's Batman will, yeah. be, will be pushed to the point of, of doing what Batman didn't, which mm. is kill or, or whatever, or make yeah. that mistake and come back. You don't think it could work as the... No, because what, what I gave you was just gold. Sorry. <laughs> the Azrael... The Jean-Paul Valley, yeah, yeah. So he he takes over, but is too much and is yeah, a separate yeah, yeah. thing. Like is a bad, bad, yeah, yeah. That's what. So, I, so that's the kind of thing you. That's what I reckon. Yeah. I reckon that could work, and that would be because th- it would almost be. In fact, it could only be the only thing that would bring Batman out of retirement. Would be the concept of that he's taken the con- the symbol of the bat and has perhaps desecrated it, mm. and thus we have the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, you know. But anyway, some Star Wars news. Because we love Star Wars news. Always love Star Wars news. There was some talk around the uh, around the collective Hollywood campfire that Lawrence Kasdan and Simon Kinberg would be writing episodes eight and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked last week about the guys who are doing seven. Kasdan, of course, the uh, legend has written Raiders of the Lost Ark, Empire, and Jedi. Yeah. So he's got the chops. Simon Kinberg wrote Jumper. Oh. <laughs> But it appears now that they're actually not going to be writing episodes 8 and 9. They're going to be writing spin-off movies. Oh, and th- okay. this, this leads into another thing that I've read, that Disney are trying to remodel the Star Wars, the way Star Wars movies and the Star Wars movie universe is done around the Marvel. That sort of topology where there's a bunch of independent, yeah. like, standalone films based on particular characters that can then all come an Avengers style come together yeah. look that could that could be completely balls or it could be amazing yeah. I'm going to hope for amazing yeah. I but just on we spoke about this at fairly lengthily last time and, and I think the that this could potentially I, I'm quietly hopeful that this is going to have the, the, the writers the directors the people the producers everyone who wants to see these movies succeed mm. that will do the right thing by it I was very excited. I heard, I think I was on Hollywood Babylon, that I heard Kasdan was coming back or had come back or whatever. Um, and I was super excited by that because, and, and for the, the exactly the same reasons I think Kevin Smith said, was this guy was around during the original trilogies, during the original, what, you know, yeah. so now, I mean, I'd like to see, if they're going to do something like that, then they, they would have to do Han Solo passing the torch Luke Skywalker. Oh, well, Luke Skywalker's character is probably the only one really that has somewhere to go after Return of the Jedi, and yeah. that is starting the founding the new Jedi Council, 
finding the new recruits and all that sort of stuff. And there's like the Mara Jade stuff. That yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 a possibility. Yeah. But just even just just him alone being the last remaining technically he has to start the order again. Yeah. yeah, and so he would then go and find force related people. Well, then that's a that's a great thing because as always, there will because there's a light side. There's always going to be a dark side. Mm. He technically Luke was the one who brought balance to the force because yes. he eliminated the Sith altogether, but understood that there is a little bit of you've got to have a little bit of rock and roll with your country. Yeah, and I just think that's you know that's going to be that's yeah. an appealing storyline. So so you have Luke weave through all these new movies as the Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, wow. That's pretty cool. I didn't even think of that, but that's that's almost exactly that's why are they not ringing us? Copyright. We copyrighted that idea. Yes. Um, it is. It will go cheap, but uh, you do have to pay for it. Yes. But that would be put, kick put us in a fucking stormtrooper <laughs> stormtrooper uniform. Third stormtrooper from the back. Yeah, motherfucker! I will be that stormtrooper that stands behind the stormtrooper who stands next to the one who hits his head, like that you never <laughs> even see on the screen. That's how badly. That's uh, yeah. But I. Uh, for me, it, well, actually, I was going to liken it to Feist's pug or Malamba. Mm. You know, drops in and out, drops in and out to sort of do things. Yep. But yeah, absolutely, the Nick Fury role. That's uh, that's great. I'm glad I thought of it. So that's that's not too bad at all. Yeah. yeah. On Marvel. Yeah. The amazing fucking box set. Yeah, yeah. Briefcase thing we've talked about that you know was issues with the rights yeah. of the book. It's back. Yeah. April second. And apparently, got better. It's got better featurettes in it now. I haven't actually looked at that. I was yeah. just. That's what like, I heard. Oh, it's back! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super excited. Look, I was pretty excited, except I, I really looked at it, and I know I'm not even going to knock anyone who gets it at all because mm. I think it's going to be a great, great set. Mm. But for me, I've got Thor. Mm. I've got Iron Man and Iron Man Two. Yeah. I didn't like Incredible Hulk that much, and I fall asleep every time Cap. in the two yeah. times I watched Captain America. And I'd just rather buy the Avengers. Mm. So I'm, I'm, if someone's got it, awesome. I'd yeah. love to come around. Oh, you yeah. know. So when you buy it, I'm going to come yeah. and look at it and go, oh, and I will touch you. But I must admit, it's not going to be. But for me, I don't have any of the others. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, so, that's it's, cool. so it makes sense. But I, I just couldn't justify to myself wanting to get that. But at the same time, I, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not shitting on it. Mm. I just know I won't get it. Yeah. But I'm just so hanging out for the Avengers, the proper one with Joss Whedon's commentary. That'll be. When yeah. the fuck is it coming out? It should be out by Christmas. But anyway. Good friend of the show yeah. and man that we're going to be talking about in the latter half of, uh, of today's podcast, yeah. Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. has said in a roundtable interview with The Hollywood Reporter that he is going to leave filmmaking. Yes. Because of, of digital, digital filmmaking. His quote is, I'll probably just be a writer, write novels and write film literature and write film books and subtext film criticism. Part of the reason I'm feeling this way is I can't stand all of this digital stuff. This is not what I signed up for. Which, Which sad. Yeah. I, I, I don't quite get that. Yeah, because you can still make films your own way. Just because you happen to be shooting on digital rather mm. than shooting on film, you can still, you don't have, doesn't necessarily mean you've gone all CG. Yeah, I don't know. But, Maybe that's... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he did fucking wire work and stuff like that in bloody the Kill Bill movies and yeah. stuff. Like, it's not, he's not adverse to using... But, but that was a, a, an homage yeah. to... Anyway. That's a rip off. Well, that's a bit of a shame. I yeah. hope he changes his mind. Yeah. Let's just hope he's, you know... Maybe Uma, he's finally realised that Uma's never going to come across for him <laughs> and, and that's it. I still don't know how he got Mira Sorvino. Uh, as know. temporary as that was, but... Well, and where is she now? 
I wish crawling out of my bed right now. But, <laughs> yeah, no, she's still. Well, that wouldn't help because your bed's like forty minutes away. Yeah, but yeah. That, oh, that's well, is that, that's why you're late. Well, because she had to recover. Ah, oh, she still got it. Mara right. Slovena, she still got it. And uh, one one last thing, mm-hmm. it's completely out of our our wheelhouse. It's not movie. It's not TV, but. Got to give a big shout out and props to to good friend of the show Jenny Johnson. Oh yes, yes, who, this is magical. Who uh, is just an amazing one, and I'm actually voting for her as King of Australia. Yeah, for making unrepentant cunt Chris Brown quit Twitter. Yeah, by just reminding him that he's a wife beating piece of shit. Yeah, over and over and over, oh, yeah. Jenny. We love you. Yeah. This episode goes dedicated. out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is dedicated to the one we love, and that's you. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's complete bullshit. She's fucking copping deaths, threats, and all oh. that sort of shit. But let's hope they do, they don't. That like they're just complete fucking flash in the pan crap. Yeah. But fuck him. Like fuck him. Yeah. Like it's... you know, you don't. You know, look, I, I, I could say something reasonably controversial here, but I don't think it is. He made a mistake. Well, let's, let's accept that. Let's yeah. just just to give him a bit of human credibility or human emotion for a second. Yeah. He's made a mistake. He did something abysmally wrong. He should be repentant. He should be constantly repentant about it. But I'm just curious, how long does he get? How long? Well, I, mean, I, I think or, he would or be... anyone, anyone. How long do, are you stuck with that? Well, I think you have to show some repentance. Absolutely. Now, I'm not saying because he did. He has never. No, and he's still sort of maintains still a kind of piece of shit and stuff like that. But I I did read an article that said, you know, is the Chris Brown thing racism? Mm. Because he's a you know obviously he's a black guy. Sean Penn beat beat up Madonna. Um, Michael Michael Fassbender. There's been a bunch of white guys who have. Who have beat their their women and allegedly. I mean, but some of them are not so much allegedly. But and King, they, and King of the Men, Sean Connery, did say never, 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 with, never, never, never with the court <laughs> But anyone who has done that has said, "Look, I'm sorry. It's it's not it's not cool." Yeah, he hasn't. No, of course, and, and, that's, and absolutely, he should be punished and for it. I'm not a rap fan. I. I don't care about that kind of music. Mm. It's hardly Ike Turner, is it? <laughs> oh, love it. <laughs> Look, and to be clear, neither of us are condoning violence against women by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm just, I've just always been mildly curious, not because I would ever violate the, the sacred trust of, of, of a relationship with that sort of heinousness, but I've just always been curious that if you show contrition... If you are genuinely remorseful, then do you ever escape that yoke? And I, I actually, I, I think I, you I, should. No. I think that you should. Mm. You will always be labelled as, which is a shame though, because but, they, you know, are alcoholics forever labelled as alcoholics. Well, they probably are, yeah. but are they? I mean, okay, Ben Affleck, fresh out of rehab. No, he was out of rehab like ten years ago. Yeah, is he still constantly? You know, no. yeah, we're yeah, we're constantly remind Jason Muse is a mm. fucking addict. Like, yeah. I mean, I just wonder, is it the person? Do we anyway? But, uh, we're, we're drifting into an area that all right, really, um, at the end of the day, we don't care about. So excellent. Fuck Chris Brown. Yeah. Fuck you unrepentant cunt. Yeah. Back onto the show. Reviews. 
It was a teenage wedding and the old folks wished him well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle. And now the young monsieur and madame have rung the chapel bell. C'est la vie, c'est the old folks. It goes to show you never can tell. They furnished off an apartment with a Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually just going to breeze through this because I'm really looking forward to talking about that other movie. <laughs> so yeah, we saw Skyfall; it was awesome. Um, moving on, right along, yeah. <laughs> um, we've got two movies today, obviously, but uh, one one is a classic. We're going to try our spread our wings and, and fly away, as Freddie once told us, to to test out a classic review. We'll see what it's like. But obviously, the big movie out this week, Skyfall, directed by Sam Mendes written by longtime Bond writers Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, and John Logan, who gave us Any Given Sunday, Gladiator, The Last Samurai, and my favourite film, or one of my favourite films of all time, Hugo. Starring Daniel Craig, Judi Dench, Javier Bardem, Ralph Fiennes, or Ray Fiennes, Naomi Harris, and Bernice Maloch. Just sounds fucking hard. I know, I know. And it's a guy, which is strange. Anyway, <laughs> it's been four years since Bond's last outing in the awful quantum of solace and Daniel Craig's third turn at the famous role. And here we are treated to a newer, fresher Bond, a mix of the old and the new. Though I do use the term fresher quite loosely because Daniel Craig did look quite old in this film. The movie opens in typical Bond fashion, albeit without the Bond shooting at the camera and a sequence from bon- with a sequence from Bond's latest assignment. We learn that a hard drive containing all the names of the MI6 operatives embedded into terrorist organisations around the world has been stolen. And I'd just like to interject here to the intelligence organisations that are listening around the world. When will you learn not to put all the operatives' names on fucking the one hard drive? We had the knock list in fucking Mission Impossible, and now we've got this. And there's been a couple of others where they just wait. I don't get it. I, I never, I've never bought that as a plot device. I just never have. But nonetheless, it's the plot device, and it's the MacGuffin in this role. Through a dramatic and superbly filmed action sequence, including a motorcycle chase across the Grand Bazaar in Turkey, which I was looking at with great interest since the amount of time I've spent running across the same bloody roof in Assassin's Creed, culminating in an order from M for an operative, Eve Harris, to take a risky shot which may take out Bond instead of the intended target. Taking the shot, Bond is hit and falls a bloody long way down to a river below, with Eve ominously reporting back to M, agent down. Not telling you anything you haven't seen from the trailer so far. Here we have the wonderful, surreal opening titles that we've come to expect from James Bond movies, the much-vaunted Adele singing Skyfall. Which I've, it's no Goldfinger for me. That's, you know, I'm a bit of a Shirley Bassey fan. M's handling of the case, M being Judy Dench, I didn't introduce her before, but I'm, this is her seventh time out as, as M, so I think you all should know who she is. Including the loss of the hard drive and bond is held to considerable scrutiny, and here we meet Mallory Fiends, the Intelligence and Security Committee chairman, who tries to pressure M into retirement. Moving quickly now, we see M's return to the MI6 offices after receiving a taunting, taunting message that su- suggests that MI6 computers have been hacked, 
which sees her office explode rather spectacularly, killing even more agents. Here we are introduced to Bond as he returns to MI6 and, I think, M, more importantly, wishing to be reinstated for duty. Having used his death as a retirement plan, we realise that Bond can never truly retire, not only because if he did, this would be the shortest Bond ever, but because he's demonstrated that with the scorpion drinking scene, that he's still kind of got a bit of a death wish. Despite failing his return to service test, M clears Bond to return to duty. To go on with this is to basically tell the stories that unfolds, which is a bit dumb, so I'll skip to the two main scenes that we need. The new Bond girl Severine, the staggeringly beautiful Bernice Merlot, meets Bond and in return for his pledge to kill him, offers to take Bond to meet the man who is the possession of the disc. She was utterly stunning in this role and, and absolutely an actress worth watching into the future. This brings us to the villain, and I would almost say star of this film, Raoul Silva Bardem, an ex-MI6 agent who we learn was given up by M and was tortured and disfigured after biting on the cyanide capsule that all agents carry. The capsule did not kill Silva and in all probability contributed to his madness. The stage is set, the pieces are in motion, and the rest of the film unfolds in a familiar Bond pattern of over-the-top action. This film went through a fair bit of trouble, potentially not being made due to the financial woes of MGM, but in the end we have a fine film, and a great return to form, and finally a Bond film from Craig that makes me look forward to the next. This film contains fine performances, Dench is a true standout, and has, as Gareth, can't remember his last name, from Dark Horizon said, uh, Judy Dench is the actual is the Bond girl of this film. Judy Dench is a, as a true standout as as always because of her her quality as an actress. But as I said, I think this film belongs to Bardem, who brought the usual menace of a Bond villain, but with the malice and sociopathy of an Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. My criticisms of this film are simply this: Mendes likes to take his time with establishing shots, and the plots of Bond films aren't shy of the odd hole or two but I genuinely think there is something here that will please all Bond fans, old and new. I am now interested in what Craig will bring to the role, and I think the ending was satisfying in a way that Royale and Solace was not. I'm giving this film three and a half stars, with the caveat to either increase or decrease by half a star when I watch it again on Blu-ray. David. Well, thank you, Margaret. I'm not a Bondophile. Mm -hmm. I've watched like more the, the recent ones. There were some of the Pierce Brosnan Pierce ones that I just didn't watch because I just didn't care. Yeah. I don't think I've seen any Roger Moores. I think I've maybe seen one Connery. So I'm not steeped in, in bonditude. That being said, I really liked Casino Royale. I liked the I liked what Craig brought to it. But more than that, I thought it was a great modernisation of the idea of James Bond. This movie just blew me away. Quantum of Solace was a dog. Let's be... Mm. Let's be frank. But I really, really liked this movie. It humanised Bond in a way that I think the other movies didn't, uh, which Quantum of Solace tried to do really clumsily with Vespa and mm. just failed miserably. But this... This was like Bond coming back. And, yeah, just the fact that he can't stay away, I thought, really humanised the character in, in a way that really was necessary because he's not just a killing machine. He's not just a super spy it created him as a as a fleshed out fairly well realized character which i think other bond movies haven't haven't done i can't remember anything like that in any of the brosnans or the mm. or the the daltons 
that I that I've seen. I didn't realize it had been seven movies of of Dench. So did she start with Goldeneye? She start, oh, so she started at the same time as as Brosnan. Yeah, yeah. So she did the 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 four Brosnans. Yeah, and then and now the yeah. three Craigs. She has been sort of the soul of mm. this this frame, and particularly this movie. Well, you don't want to spoil her her story, but yeah, she is. She is exceptional, as you would expect Judy Dench to be, because yeah. fucking Judy Dench. Yeah, Chronicles of Riddick aside, it's Judy yeah. Dench. <laughs> but yeah, she she is the heart of this of this story, and it's it's really that's really nicely nicely done. Javier's possibly bisexual um, <laughs> Silver was just the right side of borderline over the top. Of course, yeah. He was he was unhinged enough. I do have a note here similar to, to yours that nothing is ever going to be as ever going to top Anton from No Country from Old Man. Yeah. That was just superb. Mm. But, and more chilling, and just, I think, than Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, really. friendo. But yeah, he, I thought he was. I thought he was exceptionally good. I really liked Ben Winshaw's Q. Yeah, I know you've you've stated in the past that you felt that Bond wasn't gadgety enough. Sure. Yeah, I for think, you. And, and it went, but it went too far. And. Mm. Because Casino Royale didn't have many, and yeah. I think this had just the right amount. Yeah. And I, I'm looking forward to a few more. Yeah, so I thought he was good, and I liked making him a young geek, yeah, rather than the crusty old guy that that it has that has always been in the past. The action, as you expect from Bond, the action is fantastic. That bike chase across the roof, yeah. that was just fucking. That was that was special. Now the the throwback stuff. Now I wasn't I wasn't sure how you'd how you'd react to this. Mm. Um, I know you're feelings about Star Trek and, and their little winks to yeah. to previous movies. I thought there was some stuff in there that if it wasn't the fiftieth anniversary of Bond, might not have been there. But I thought it was all done really classily. It was done tastefully, unlike yeah. Die Another Day. Yeah. This was done this was done very well. Yeah. And I gotta admit I when he opened the garage and the old yeah. ass in there. I'm not a car person, but God damn, I did got The the yeah, go ahead, please, because um, that just reminds me of the of one of the other things that irked me about the film. But that's okay. The writing and direction was first class. I mean, Sam Mendes sort of goes without saying is an incredible director. A bit of an unexpected choice for a Bond film because action hasn't really been mm. been his his uh, his suit. Well, because I mean, he did Jarhead, but even that was not really an action film mm. as such. So. But yeah, again, there was a level of class and and just style to this film that I think really, really helped and, and lifted it above. Something that I I thought a lot of Bond films from from my memory don't they sort of seem to have a truncated third act. Mm. And had this been a lesser film, like if this had been a Brosnan or a, or a Dalton, this film probably would have ended at the Whitehall hearings. Yeah. That would have... And you wouldn't have had that that whole... Third, the, the real third act... Yeah. Yeah, at, at Skyfall. But I'm, I'm glad it didn't. I think that added... I mean, this is a long movie. Like, two hours, 20. It's not, not mm. short. So they could have done it and it still would have been long, but I'm glad that it, it had that, that more satisfying ending. Four stars, for me. We'll say one thing about with the, the throwback stuff, when they're at the farm in Scotland and you see and they, they hear the old guy and you see the panning up from the gun, was there a little part of you that thought, oh, fuck, is that Connery? 
Well, you know that he was he was a pro, like they were going to do it. I, I yeah. Then yeah, no, I I never once thought it was going to be comedy yeah. because I, and then when I read later that they were contemplating it, I but was they thought it would have spoiled it. Yeah, and it was, oh, I, I I agree, but still. Oh, of course. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. that little, little part. That little part. Did you know the only thing I, I just sort of go back to a little bit? There was there was something that just bothered me. It's such a, a small thing, but it really bothered me about the film. Is I love the James Bond theme. And the fanfare and the da 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 when yep. he really kicks up, it was it was missing most of the time in this film, mm. and then they chose to bring it back from, in my opinion, in the worst possible way when they spoiler blew up his car, and it goes da 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 because he stands there and he's got the propane tanks and he's like oh you fuckers blow up my car, you've blasted the living bejesus you've tried to kill me you're trying to kill my boss you're trying to kill the old family friend you're blowing the fuck out of my family home which I didn't really like anyway but you blow up my car and now I've got to kill you that was probably the only <laughs> wink I didn't really like about the yeah. film but I thought it was great and I, I also liked once we got into the car and they're driving along we've got dead uh, or M, mm. you know, this really isn't the most comfortable <laughs> car at all is it? And, and yeah like I, I liked it but I, I missed the music, mm. uh, and that was that. Really, and that's probably why I gave it three and a half stars because I just really missed the music. I like those sort of things, like the over top stuff. But yeah, I didn't mind the the winks. And however, I did sort of pick a few fairly big things that we found out in the the last scenes. Mm. I kind of sussed the moment that person walked on stage or walked mm. on screen. I went, ah, oh, interesting. So you're just going to come straight out and call him Mallory? Like, is that you know? Anyway, moving from there. Yeah. But no, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and it, what we didn't talk about, but I thought Rafe was, Rafe was good. Yeah, no, he's always good. He's dependable. Yeah. yeah. He's dependable. It, it, to me, it, it's funny. I went with a couple of guys, and there's only a, uh, a group of guys, and there's only a four-year or so, or three, three to four-year age gap yeah. between us, me being the eldest one. But when I saw Rafe Fiends walk on stage, I still always go back to him in his SS uniform, mm. shooting Jews from his window because that performance will always stay with me from him whereas everyone else is it's Voldemort. Voldemort I'm like wow that really shows that generational you know because of course anyway it's just sort of funny yeah. I kind of went oh look yeah you know it reminded me of when I got asked to leave Schindler's List because I kept yelling out allegedly all the way through the, the whole thing but anyway not to worry Right, review number two. Yeah. Moving right the fuck along. <laughs> We've talked about it for a while about doing classic movie reviews, and this week, thanks to good friends of the show Limelight Cinemas, yes, we were able to go and see a classic movie in the format that it was meant to. Mm. Pulp Fiction at the cinema, like it's meant to. Yeah. Like a boss. Like a boss. In 1994. Quentin Tarantino changed the landscape of filmmaking. That might sound like drastic hyperbole, but it's a fairly safe statement of fact. We're going to assume that 18 years you've seen this movie. So we're not going to do what we would normally do in a review and talk about the plot, because it's just it's redundant. You've seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, please delete all of our podcasts off your device. Yeah. And fuck you. Go and play in traffic or something. Yeah. yeah. Critically lauded with his debut feature, Reservoir Dogs, Tarantino's follow up film would cement him in the pantheon of not just cool directors, but among the most vital, vibrant voices of his generation. 
Pulp Fiction is a movie that is incredibly profane. There are 272 uses of fuck and its derivatives. It's incredibly bloody and violent. Marvin. <laughs> Two things which obviously helped its cool factor, but it's the way that the story is told that has become known as the Tarantino style of filmmaking. The non-linear way that it's presented, the film is bookended by a scene that chronologically occurs in the middle of the film and jumps back and forth to various scenes, is something that has been fairly unsuccessfully copied by filmmakers trying to, to hitch, their, hitch themselves to the cool wagon. This approach of, of telling stories and in the something I hadn't noticed before in the opening credits, it's not written by Tarantino, it's stories by Tarantino and Roger Jamie. Avery. So they're fairly disparate vignettes, really. Mm -hmm. Butcher's Story, Vincent and Jules, Vincent and Mia, each of which are sort of could, could work as self contained short stories and short, or short films by themselves, but they're all tied together, obviously, with the, the common thread. But this film was a revelation when it came out, having watched it many, many times since then, but not, not all that recently. I was worried that the film would have lost some of its... might have lost some of its punch or some of its impact. I really shouldn't have been worried. Still, things, the things that happen still impact you. You still laugh your ass off when Marvin... I mean, you shouldn't laugh your ass off, but that shock of when Marvin gets, mm. gets shot in the face, spoiler alert, is fantastic. And the Christopher Walken scene, which is one of my favourite favourite scenes in, in all of film, is just yeah. is just fantastic. But this film, even after multiple viewings over the past 18 years, still remains incredibly smart, funny, and every bit as awesome as when it originally came out. Which, to me, is the test of any classic film, is that you can watch it later and still get a lot out of it. It is no longer my favourite Tarantino film. I mean, Glorious Bastards has has mm -hmm. taken that. But I love this film. This is one of the first films... I mean, 18 years ago, I was I was 18. So it was... This is one of those films that, that got me interested in movies. Yeah. So uh, you have this film to blame for this podcast. I was fortunate enough to see Reservoir Dogs and then see Pulp Fiction by pure coincidence of having to go I was working on Hamilton Island at the time I went down to the, the extraordinarily overpriced video store hired a DVD oh it's not a DVD a VHS and watched Reservoir Dogs and I immediately rewound it and watched it again and I immediately rewound it and watched it one more time and then when I heard when I was going back to the mainland and a friend said you've got to check out this Pulp Fiction I had no idea that it was the same person but that movie, Tarantino, oh, sorry, Pulp Fiction, I can, it's one of the few movies, in fact, I, I would struggle to name another, right, gun to my head right now, I couldn't name another movie that I can instantly tell you where I was, what seat I was sitting in, what I, was, what I had, who I was with, what I was wearing, like that movie impacted me in such a way that I've never, in, that I've never known. It is absolutely, 18 years it is, is barely a, a, a speck of dust on this film. I have said in the past, and I still stick by it, I still think the weakest part of the film is Tarantino himself. As the, actor. the actor Tarantino, yeah. yeah. But 
the Jimmy character that he plays at the end would probably have to be one of my more quoted characters. <laughs> I often do walk around, you know, and say, you're going to make a phone call, you have to call some people, and then fucking do it, you know? I, I, I do like some of your workmates have, have lamented that if they happen to put something down on your desk as they walk by, yeah. you do throw out the... You see a sign on my desk saying dead nigger story. Good <laughs> story, dead niggers. Oh, it's just. It's. A, you, I don't think there can be enough said about how great a film this is. This is a study in filmmaking and storytelling. I think more first and foremost, this is a study in storytelling. Yes. This, and this is a, an actor's class in in how to play over the top within within a very defined prescribed set of rules. I mentioned at the time that I've since heard Samuel L. Jackson, a frequent collaborator with Tarantino, say the, the, the words are so rich and textured that they come off the script that, that there's no real need to play with them. Mm. But Tarantino at the same time is not slavish to his script. Yeah. That he, he will let yeah, actors he, play. He, he's not mammoth. No, absolutely For not. For example. However, Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson has said that uh, the hardest part of any Tarantino film is tuning out Quentin Tarantino behind the camera laughing his balls off because he just brings such an infectious love of the genre, of, of anything that he's doing and you're yeah. trying to act and he's behind the camera laughing at the very lines that he wrote. Yeah. This, this film is, is still funny, it's still witty, it's relevant. It's even, you know Mia Wallace is going to wake up but there's still that part. Or even going back slightly, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon, that song fills me with equal parts hope or, or, or joy, if you will, not hope, because I, I like that version, Urge Overkill's version. But that's forever going to be the song that Mia Wallace ODs to. Mm. I will never not hear that song on the radio and not know, not immediately remember that scene where she strums in you know, the yeah. guitar, she's dancing, and then she finds the heroine, Madman, yeah. yeah. in her in, in the, Vince's pocket. Yeah. And that's what he does. And he because he's going to go home, he's going to jerk okay. off, and that's, that's all, all he's going to do. And, that, and that's one of the things, Tar- Tarantino and music. I mean, this soundtrack, yeah. I mean, we talk about the movie and the impact of this movie. This soundtrack is still one of the greatest movie soundtracks Absolutely. of all time. And Get Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon is, is right there with uh, Steelers Wit. We're stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. You can't hear that song and not strut around like you're going to cut a motherfucker's ear off. You cannot. You cannot. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's that's one of Tarantino's great, great things. He tells amazing stories, but the way he pulls everything together, his use of music is really the only other the only other filmmaker that I can think of that has that is linked that intrinsically musically with what he does is Scorsese. Yeah. Like something yeah. like Goodfellas, the use of music in Goodfellas. Well, and Casino. And Casino, yeah, so yeah, Goodfellas yeah, too. Um, <laughs> there's, it's, you can't picture one without the other. Exactly. And m- most films, most films, most filmmakers, it's irrelevant. Yeah. You know, music is kind of just something there, but Tarantino makes it part of the story. Yeah. It's part of the fabric of the world that he makes. Yeah, that he generates, that he creates. Yeah. He's absolutely right. There's a, a cut scene out of the with the, the with Vincent and Mia where she asks Vincent if he's an Elvis man or a Beatles, Beatles man, which is a, a question that I've asked myself a few times because I actually kind of like that that concept of either you are a, a one style of the music or another you can appreciate the other but you really but you got to yeah, you got to yeah. label yourself one and or the other I, for me personally I'm an Elvis man mm. but I do appreciate the impact that me, the Beatles had yeah. on music 
his his thought his thought processes in going into the music, Jackie Brown is mm. when we we love the Jackie Brown that soundtrack. opening sequence steps that. off a hundred yeah. That's that's just brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant for Mike. I mean, he did so, and so we've seen Tarantino turn his hand at his own work, and he's mm. seen him turn his hand at, at someone else's work, yeah. and he still brings a uniqueness to a role, yeah, or to a, to a film. I love this film. It's it actually did the opposite to me. It reminded me that Pulp Fiction is my favorite Tarantino yeah. film. It didn't doesn't diminish Bastards or Bastards mm. in any way, shape, or form, but. I have I, I used to so prior to the recent viewing of of uh, Pulp Fiction, which is the first time in eighteen years I've seen it on the big screen. Mm. Or sorry, the second time. So, but it has always been if someone really put a gun to my head, I would have always said Jackie Brown is my favourite Tarantino film. Okay. Then Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, but really to try and put. It's, it sounds it's, it's like who's your favourite kid yeah it really well I can answer that question well. but it's like to say you know it's you you know it's you sitting down and you know what something else I really enjoyed about this film so yeah sorry to just mm. go back yeah. Tarantino Pulp Fiction absolutely my favourite film and I I, I I just adore it as a film but what I really enjoyed from that film was watching it in a packed cinema of people of of lovers of that film, yeah, that because that helped. There was there was the, the ever so slight whisper throughout the crowd as people were saying the occasional line, yeah. But everyone laughed at the the right beats. We we would you know bring out the gimp and people snickered because they were, oh that's right the gimp's coming out. It was it was like having a great conversation with an old friend mm. that that you'd been away from for eighteen years. I love this film, yeah. and I, I I am looking forward to and 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 hats off to Limelight who are doing some pretty incredible stuff at the moment, and I hope they continue to do it. Uh, I would love to see a, a, just a personal favorite of mine. I'd love to see Blade Runner up on the big screen again, preferably without that fucking voiceover. But that's the sort of thing I'd yeah. like to do, and 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 hopefully that'll mean that we can bring reviews where we get to yeah. to gush effusively over films we love. Yeah, this is a. It's a classic. It's a classic. We're not going to rate no, these no, no, films because it, it that would diminish it. Yeah. But yeah, if you haven't seen it now, I don't quite understand what rock you've been living under. But I'll give you the benefit of the doubt because you are listening, so therefore you do possess a modicum of class. But rectify it. Yeah, and before if, next we meet. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to have words. There will be a reckoning. We'll get the Jew bear out oh. on it, or the bear Jew. The bear Jew. The bear Jew. <laughs> <laughs> My dyslexia strikes again. <laughs> That's bad, Jordan. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. called the female deliverance is that the actual name of it or is it being called <laughs> no it's being touted as the female really? deliverance it's called as i pull my phone back out of my pocket black rock okay. check it out that looks interesting it, it uh as, as you say it could just be uh, up by the numbers absolutely sort but of it, a, a slightly more grown-up 
What happened? What, there was a, a long time ago. I, know, I, I never really knew anything about it, but I saw a movie called The Descent or Descent, yeah, The yeah. Descent, which is about a lot of female or a group of female spelunkers mm. um, that just goes from from fairly claustrophobic horror to outright creature, fucking horrible, horrible, horrible movie. Scared the living bejesus out of me, and I think really it's just that kind of bizarre premise of of something that could appear to be idyllic that just goes completely off the rails and I think that kind of thing does there you know that's yeah. that's kind of something that any anything any sort of horror or thriller that could happen yes yeah, that that's, starts that's the that stuff that yeah it's, it's scares really, the shit out of me but anyway yeah. but uh, but no, like, I, ho- I hope it does well I mean without wanting to get preachy there aren't enough female centric absolutely movies outside of the the world of porn absolutely but no that that, that looks like it could be yeah. it, it, it could be good it also could, it could, it could flip. It could, it could be. be it could be balls. I'm. I'm going to be excited for it simply because mm-hmm. I, I want to be excited for it. Same yeah. as I want to be excited for compulsion. Um, so anyway, yeah. Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, a remake of the Evil Dead has the. It's not made by Sam Raimi, mm. uh, but it's he's involved in it and it's got his blessing. Yeah, it's got the everything. Sa- so. Raimi stamp of approval. You've seen the original Evil Dead? Not for a long time, yeah. but. I have. I mean, I, I love Army of Darkness. Yeah, Evil Dead Three is fantastic. It, from, from what I remember, though, it was just a gore, a cheap splatter fest, splatter fest, yeah. which yeah. is what it, it intended to be. Yeah, the idea of of telling that story again with sort of a more modern sensibility, with with effects and with a budget. Yeah, is interesting. That trailer is fairly. Yeah, that fairly full on. Well, my response, <laughs> my response to seeing that trailer was, yeah, get fucked. <laughs> like, I may watch that one behind the couch, under the doona, in the middle of the day, in an, from another house. Yeah, <laughs> through through the window, while, behind the couch. Yeah, while Doctor Phil's playing, yeah. <laughs> something along those lines, yeah. something, something, or something even more evil than Evil Dead. So oh, you need like, to out evil it. Yeah. So yeah, so Doctor uh, nice. Phil will be playing in the background. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I I I have the. I don't know. I enjoy those sorts of movies yeah. because I kind of do enjoy having the shit scared out of me. Yeah. But at the same time, I do. I'm not even joking. I do sit with my feet tucked underneath me, looking through my yeah. hands and going, "Oh fuck! I really <laughs> wish this wouldn't be happening." I, horror movies are the worst date movies for me. I've been caught out before where I've gone, oh, "I'll take you to a horror movie," and I've been the one that squealed like the ten year old girl. But did you get any, or did they just were they just no, disgusted? No, no. With well, you know, it, I mean, it was it was the Little Mermaid. So I mean, it was just it was really awkward. Oh, that- but, Sebastian's a scary motherfucker. If you look at that with the subtext, yeah, that's you know. Well, we, we well, mentioned it before with the SS, but yeah. anyway, nonetheless, yeah, no, I'm looking, I'm, I'm going to look forward to that one. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Bridges, so this is it for for 2012. Yeah. This is this is, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great movies that we're going to see before we come back. Well, yeah. assumedly great movies. One that I'm a little bit. I said we're probably going to miss it. It's going to be too late by the time we come back in January to talk about the man with the iron fist opens yeah, yeah, next yeah. week. Oh, okay. That's going to be that's going to be fun. You know, written and directed well, we... by a friend of the show, an enemy of grammar, the RZA. <laughs> <Is that>, <laughs> we could we could probably do a, a recap from like you know the yeah. from December. We, could, mm. we can recap December. Yeah, um, we'll come back in January. But of course, the the big ones, the Hobbit. Yep. Of course, we'll see Les Misérables. We'll. Well, I will oh, yeah, see. I'll see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that that can be there, and we can give a, a catch up. I will assume that in January we're going to talk about the movies coming out this year that we're yeah, that yeah, we're interested yeah. in. Well, presumably lining up, ready to see. Yeah. So, 
Well, for now, I'm not going to get all choked up. No. But, but, but thank you for a for a wonderful year. Um, it's been a it's been a fun ride. Mm. The fact that we actually followed through with something that we said we'd do. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. Is, is is I think as surprising to to me as it is to yeah. <laughs> as it is I to Woody. Admit, yeah. It's but it's been it's been great. I, I would like to to thank my uh, my cohort uh, mm-hmm. Woody for his uh, for his most excellent contributions and attendance and. Working around our <laughs> shitty schedules. Attendance. <laughs> thanks for coming. Yeah, and look, to be honest, I'd uh, I, very special thanks to me as well because uh, you know, really, without me, there's there's just no show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, obviously, for those of you who don't know, and this is not, we're not going to turn into this a little ball fucking massagey session. But Nate is the one that uh, that records and cuts and puts all these things together. As as I've often joked about, I'm just the talent, but Nate does all the hard work and and puts it together and and was really the contributing person who, who said I've bought the equipment now you have no excuse um, and despite being reasonably nervous about the first one this has been a barrel of laughs yeah. and it's piss easy so yeah. you know although the, the, the one downside is that we don't talk about movies when we're it, when we're off because we want to keep it, our powder dry yeah it does make it, it yeah. awkward especially when you go hey so what do you think about Skyfall you'll find out on Saturday well fuck you yeah. how about that yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so this is for uh, another week and another, another year. Yeah, for this we'll year. Look forward so. to uh, to the next one. So be be safe on the roads. Be, sa- be safe. You know? Yeah, enjoy yourself. Don't yeah. don't uh, don't drink and drive, please. Yeah, yeah. and uh, wish you a, a, a enjoy your your Christmas, your happy holidays, whatever. Your Hanukkah, what, what, whatever variation of however you get gifts around <laughs> December. <laughs> I'll be another year older by the time I... that this is true. Fuck. I know. But anyway, what are you going to do? It happens. So very happy Christmas or very Merry Christmas and a happy and safe new year. If you want to get in contact with us. Pricks at a couple of pricks.com. And if you don't want to say any nice things to us or tell us to go fuck ourselves, then it's uh, go fuck yourself at a couple of pricks.com. I'm on the Twitter, ACOP Nate. And I'm ACOP Woody. And for the last time for 2012, we're a couple of pricks. Love me so much, can't count all the ways I've died for you, girl, and all they can say is he's not your kind. But never get tired of putting it down, and I never know when I come around what I'm gonna find. Don't let them break up your mind. Don't you know, Take my hand.